What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hi, this is Designated Driver, the podcast about the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Malia. And I'm Liz. And today, we're going to talk about Annette. It yeah. finally happened. We finally watched it. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we finally watched Annette. Uh, we watched it outside in Aaliyah's backyard. It was pretty sweet. It was a nice night. And the, I felt that the sounds of the crickets and the dogs barking in the back were not horribly distracting. No, I was fine with it. There was a squirrel above me and a mm-hmm. tree wrestling around that made me a little nervous sometimes. And there was like a neighborhood cat who came to visit us a little yeah. bit. Lalo the cat, best um, part of living on 16th Avenue. I mean, also the people and the houses and yeah, the yeah. community. I think she just operates, oh wait, he or she? He. He operates just between 36th and 37th. Yeah, that's kind of his he doesn't territory. Come over to, he doesn't cross the street no. to our vicinity he will go to the other side of 16th but he won't go north he'll go Mm -hmm. east well that's smart i mean that's a busy street don't cross it yeah he knows what's up totally yeah magical night that was a good setting to watch a movie like annette i thought so too that was kind of perfect instead of just inside like you'd watch a normal movie i think i would have gotten like claustrophobic inside i mean there's no way i would have watched it in one sitting. I mean, that's kind of my habit anyway. Uh, I don't usually watch a whole movie all at once. That was good to do. Before we get into it, do we have any rat updates or other Adam Driver updates? Well, rats, they're doing great as always. I've started giving them pieces of lettuce as a treat, and Mm -hmm. Jem is extremely aggressive about the lettuce. She'll steal Stormy's lettuce. I try to like secretly give Stormy lettuce so she gets it. She's pretty aggressive. She'll just, they want that lettuce. She'll do anything to get it. Is it a specific kind of lettuce? Iceberg or romaine? Well, I mean, we'd never be caught dead with iceberg lettuce. I love iceberg lettuce. Oh, really? Is that a Connecticut thing or what? Well, (laughs) one of our COVID habits is that we order tacos every Tuesday and I realized that I really like getting the enchiladas from Los Ocampos. And then I realized that the reason I like them is because they have iceberg lettuce on top. And like crunch- it up. it's crunchy mm-hmm. and it's so good. And then I started making this chopped salad recipe that has iceberg lettuce in it. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. So I like iceberg lettuce blended into a salad. I could talk about salad. Maybe I've told you how much I enjoy <laughs> eating salad and making salad. And I was salad for Halloween once. But I really think iceberg lettuce has a place in your fridge. Is it the chopping? Yes. Chopping and it's small. And the crunchiness. It's yeah. not for flavor because it doesn't taste like anything. But the texture, you can't beat it. All right. Good to know. So it's not iceberg lettuce. And okay. I apologize for no. just being so dismissive of the idea of iceberg lettuce. It seems like a thing that millennials probably canceled. Probably. <laughs> so it's like a spring mix or something Mm -hmm. from the co-op. I don't even know what kind of lettuce they are. And the rats love lettuce. Apparently, rats love, their favorite food is bananas. They're bananas for bananas? We haven't tried giving them bananas yet, but it's on the list. That's kind of fun. Giving them bananas? Just just... trying new foods. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Any other uh, things you want to say about salad quick tips or... 
I just I like a good salad. I but feel sorry for people who don't like salad, but it's it is a bone of contention in our household. The people with whom I share most of my meals don't love salad as much as I do. In my family, we always have salad with dinner, and I love salad. And there's a song about salad that I really enjoy that my husband found for me. That's from this like Suzuki Method music book about salad. And it's this little like choir singing it. And sometimes I play it for my family. It's about how good salad is. Uh, Peter is a salad person and really uh, always wants to have a salad with meals. And so I eat it. It's a little bit more of a chore for me. I do also love it when the greens are chopped mm-hmm. up. I don't really like a giant leaf. I don't like it when the stem is still on the leaf. That drives me crazy. Sometimes when we have a string mix, my husband makes a salad and he leaves the stems on the leaves. And I don't like that. I've had some really good salads. Uh, Another friend of ours makes great salads. And when they're good, they're excellent. And you feel good after you eat them. I always tell Joel it's the reason he's going to live till he's 90 because of me and my salads. Probably get those vitamins and superfoods. So that's the rat report. What about Adam Driver news? Oh, you go. Well, I mean, I just, you know, was Googling, thinking about what's our next move movie because we've finally watched Annette. So I do a Google search I've done many times, which is Adam Driver movies. And there was the the list was so long. It was way longer because there's a lot of stuff on there that's coming out in the future. I know it was 26. And so I was like, we're basically halfway through. Mm hmm. But then, I know, it just keeps growing. He's very busy. Luckily for us, he seems like a workaholic. And there's like some shorts on there. Oh. Should be cool to check out. The TV shows were on there. And then there was a bunch of stuff coming out in 2022. One thing called 65. I know there were several that I'd never heard of beyond The Last Duel or whatever. You know, Wheat Germ wasn't even on there. (sighs) This podcast is going to be busy. Yeah, there's a lot to come. Did you have any? Well, my only Adam Driver update, I guess, is that, well, I shared with you, I found this super cut of Adam Driver being a Scorpio for 10 minutes. That's the best. Was that your comment or is that what it was called? I think it was just called Adam Driver being a Scorpio for 10 minutes. Yes. So many great interview clips Mm -hmm. and I hadn't seen those. Yeah. He's so funny. It was so validating. Yes. Yeah. That's why we, we love him. I'm thrown off by him thanking Bill Burr. Well, in the credits of an We okay, can okay, get okay. into that. Okay, okay. Yeah. But but I really enjoyed I there were some that I hadn't seen either and like you I just was sort of charmed by how he's funny and charming and doesn't take himself too seriously but doesn't try too hard in interviews either. He's still very professional. Yeah, he was cute. So I liked that. I liked his reaction on somebody he was on a late night show and they brought out the Marines picture and he's like, "Oh, you have that." You know, he just was like <laughs> He does kind of look like a rat in it. I can just imagine that feeling of it's kind of like a gotcha moment, I guess. Mm -hmm. Pull out some photo like that would be my worst nightmare. Pull out like a bad photo Mm -hmm. from the past when you're on a late night show. I had a perm when I was in ninth grade. My first perm was like a home perm, more like fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about a home perm is they don't really work that well so it goes away mm-hmm. and then I got a salon perm in late grade school where it made my hair into like a triangle shape mm-hmm. me too on my head and they did my mm-hmm. bangs so they kind of stuck out from my head yeah it was full-on 80s triangle super permed 
It was bad. And then, I mean, I had other perms too. But by, uh, I think by 10th grade, I was done with perms. Yeah, I only did one. I did that one that I saved up all summer for. And it looked so bad that I got a home perm and combed it through the perm. Oh, to try to anti-perm it? it, Did that work? Yeah. Oh, okay. But my hair was was ruined. Yeah, just awful. And if you're trying to grow out a perm, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you basically have to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Because or you, you have... can buy the home perm and comb it. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that. I don't know how I figured that out. I don't think that's a solution either. I'll never forget the smell of perm. Well, actually, one of my makeup journeys as an adult is that I get my eyelashes tinted. I'm actually getting them done on Tuesday because my eyelashes don't like you well no your eyelashes show you have brown eyelashes they are blonde on the ends though yeah and so they don't look yeah so they're like as beautiful as they really are right well (laughs) I maybe I've told you like Joel and Chet have beautiful eyelashes uh my husband and my son have the best eyelashes they're long and they're lush they look like cow eyes they curl they curl they're Mm -hmm. gorgeous so I can't help myself. I have to do something to fit in. So I get my eyelashes tinted. But anyway, you can get your eyelashes lifted too, which is basically getting them permed. So they're always curled. So I did that once. And the second she opened the bottle, I was like, oh my God, I'm in ninth grade again. Like it's so that smell. They basically put permanent solution on your eyelashes. I have so many questions right now. It's really weird. And it's also very expensive, but it does look really good. Okay. Where to begin? So first of all, tinting your eyelashes. Yeah. I've looked at this on the internet. I recommend it. I thought, what a great idea. Because mascara, I put it on and it doesn't stay on. I know. And, and you then have to I'll do have it like this day. black eye of flakes. Somebody let me know what is the right kind of mascara that won't come off. Well, so. I think you're supposed to use waterproof, yeah, but it's but, still. Uh, and also, there's like, another thing on your skin that's oil that's yeah. gross, but I mean, I think that's what sort of takes it off. Yeah. But I read that it can change the color of your eyes. No. My eyes are still your eyes blue. stayed the same. I've been doing it for four or five years. How much does it cost? It's like. $35 and it lasts for about five weeks. So it is. I want to do this. I know. That's not that expensive. No, I know. So you can go to waxing. I go to waxing the city. It's that, you know, that chain and they mostly wax things. But I go to Sadel at waxing the city and I go every five weeks. It takes 15 minutes. I will say when you start doing it, sometimes you're like, am I going to go blind? Because you just lie there. I actually find it very relaxing now. You just lie there while she's painting the dye on your eyes. And you have to lie there for like five minutes while it sits. There's always a moment when she's rinsing it off where you get like one drop of the dye in your eye and it really stings. I don't know. I'm just used to it now. I don't think I'm going to go blind. I have very sensitive skin. It doesn't bother my eyelids at all. And I get eczema on my eyelids. So I think it's great because I don't like putting on mascara, but I also don't like that my eyelashes are basically invisible. This is an amazing beauty tip. I try to tell blondes and redheads, I am an evangelist for eyelash tinting. Do it. Okay. It's and, great. And what about the curling? What is that called So again? that's called a lash lift, but that's really expensive. Usually it's like 60 or or $100 and they'll those give you chemicals, those. chemicals, that would could make you go why, blind. And if you ever watch a video, it'll really gross you out because what they do is they use this like, I think it's eyelash glue and they put this little, it's like a little rubber bumper on your eyelid 
and they stick it on there and they stick it on. I mean, they stick it on and then they use this little tiny comb and they like stretch your eyelashes up over the little bumper because that's the curler. And then they paint the solution on it and you can really smell it. And then you have to lie there for a while. I will say your eyelashes look incredible because they look longer, I think, because they stretch it when they perm them. And then they also tint them as part of the process. So your eyelashes look like fake eyelashes. It's pretty great. Okay, this is what I'm thinking would be a great thing. Not do that, but do the color, do the tinting. And then you could use an eyelash curler and clear mascara to Mm -hmm. kind of make them curl, but that wouldn't like come off on your face. Sometimes if I want to dress up, I use waterproof mascara and it doesn't flake as much for me so I will do just a coat of black mascara on my curled eyelashes and then I look almost as good as my seven-year-old son (laughs) (laughs) cool 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 cool. oh wait can I tell you one other thing about eyelashes yeah okay you know I teach cooking classes sometimes and I had this gal in my class once and I could not she was probably older than me I'm guessing she was in her 40s or 50, late 40s or 50s. She had the most incredible eyelashes I've ever seen. And clearly this like salad is something I think about a lot. And I was like, your eyelashes look incredible. And her friend was like, are you going to tell her what you do? She uses that, remember Latisse? Do you remember that prescription medication that came out like for people who don't ago. have eyelashes, it's I don't know why to grow your yeah thicker. yeah uh-huh. it was like a prescription kind of do yeah like Claire Danes was the spokesperson for them for a while. It's a prescription. That's what changes your eye color. That does darken your eye color, and you oh. put it on your eyelashes morning and night. But this woman's eyelashes, they were incredible. But she did tell me because then I talked to her about it for a long time, and she did tell me that the second you stop using the Latisse they just go back to normal. So you have to use it for the rest of your life if yeah. you want incredible eyelashes. Okay. What, what about her eye color? Does it she make said, your eyes darker? Like if you already yeah. have like dark brown or, or black eyes, it wouldn't matter. Probably not. And I don't, honestly, I don't know if I even noticed the color of her eyes because I was so distracted by her eyelashes. But she did say it darkens your eyes a little bit. Well, does that go away when you stop using it, I wonder? I don't know. Is that permanent? I got lost in the lashes. Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. even see her eyes anymore. I just was like. Yeah. I mean, I'm real nervous about my eyes because they're dry, they're dry eyes. So I, oh, I don't yeah. know if I can do everything that everyone can do. I think Latisse was actually created for dry eyes. I could be totally wrong, though. Huh. Darker eyes. Is that bad? Does I don't it go know. away? I, don't I mean, know. you have blue eyes too. I like mm-hmm. having light eyes because yeah. they're a little bit unusual, but I don't know. Hmm. Lash, lash tinting report. has not darkened my eyes at all. Okay. I'm I, doing that. Yeah, I'm an evangelist for that. I can absolutely tell you it is great if you have fair eyelashes, everyone. I tell all my redheaded gal pals mm-hmm. lash tint. Maybe guy pals too. Maybe guy pals too, but my guy pals have the best eyelashes ever. So yeah, I guess so I don't they talk don't to need them it. about it. <laughs> they would not be. Interested. They think I'm crazy, and they don't care at all. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Any other Adam Driver news? Yeah. Thanks for that super cut. I want to watch it a lot, and I mean, I, I wouldn't mind watching like those all, entire interviews, you know, I as know. part of this podcast. If Ma- we can yeah. track them down. Yeah, we could um, watch some interviews and report on them. There was like some sag thing like just four chairs and actors the one where i think he was saying like we're not best friends i liked that just like no lighting it was some like industry panel type of thing not this isn't like late show 
And he Fancy seemed stuff. really kind of loose, too. You know, like he didn't seem as formal as he seems in some interviews. He was kind of funny. I mean, we learned so much. Okay, so he has a dog. Oh, he I took, knew that. He, he loves It's a rescue dog. dog. I thought it was really cute when he said there's a lot of kids in his building. Mm-hmm. And they like to say, good morning, Kylo Ren. And he's like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool and cute. I like cool that too. Him. Oh, there are so many parts I like, but I was going to tell you. So you may have seen on Facebook, I posted my favorite Adam Driver gif where he's like freaking out like a Muppet because I've had a very challenging. I did. I mean, I commented yeah, on it, right? right. Yeah, yeah. I had kind of a challenging work week and that's my favorite You might GIF. have to back up and discuss this gif thing, but okay, the pronunciation. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I'm a gif person. I think technically it's gif though. You know what my son calls them? What? GIFs. There's no gray area there. When I hear it, it just makes me. I know. Like, uh, makes my heart. Joel contract. and I have arguments about it with some frequency. He's a GIF person. Yes, but I heard something on the radio where the inventor of the GIF said it's GIF, like GIF peanut butter. I'm sure you're correct, and that's correct. But I just think it just, it sounds bad, and that GIF is peanut butter GIF. I like it better, so I'm going to go with that one. I can allow it. Okay. I'll just say GIF. It's my favorite GIF right okay. now. I send it to my coworkers with some frequency. I post it's it on really Facebook. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. I posted it the other day, and one of my friends from high school, Lisa Murray, who's from Bermuda, posted that Adam Driver's wife is from Bermuda. I did see that, too, on the Facebook post. Yes. I didn't know that, and I forgot to Google it, but I bet she's right. Joanne Tucker I'm sure she's right, because why else would she why post it? Why would you it? say that? But she said that she, even though Bermuda is a small island, is not related to Joanne Tucker. Here it says she was born in the United States. Dun, dun. Okay, uh-huh. well, this is a mystery that we're going to have to resolve. Lisa Murray, you might be wrong. Everyone in Bermuda is like, hey, you know who's from here? It's Adam Driver's wife, Lisa Tucker. That's her name? Joanne Tucker. <laughs> Joanne my, Yeah, my, no, my, Sorry. my, my friend oh, okay. from high school is Lisa Murray. Yeah. So cool. Uh, what about anything else about the supercut? I like the Tim the Hut part. It's like doing mm-hmm. this joke. Yeah, he's so funny. So much funnier than his character yes. in Annette. That yes. was supposed to start getting into yes. it a little bit. Yes. That was supposed to be a stand up comedian. Okay. But he was supposed to be a certain kind of stand up comedian. But there was no comedy. I'm no. going to rant a little bit about okay. this and be mad about well, it. Do you want to do the recap? First? But I'm not mad at you. Or oh. anyone listening. I just am mad at the movie. Okay. Wow. I don't have I mean, I'm not mad. It. I'm not mad. Adam Driver's character is supposed to be a stand-up comedian. And they show his act. Henry McHenry. Henry McHenry. That's kind of funny. They show his act a couple times. But, I mean, there's no jokes at all. It's more like performance art, obnoxious performance art, where he's just about being a toxic person complaining about his job of trying to make people laugh and he was on the downside of his career but they never showed him being a good comedian i mean one time at the beginning he's supposedly i mean his his show is sold out the first time i see him but there was no laughs no in the credits at the end of the movie he thanked chris rock and bill burr I don't think Chris Rock is funny when he does stand up. Really? I think say. I think Chris Rock is always funny. Like he can't not be funny. Okay. I, except for in isn't he the narrator of Pootie Tang? Well, narrator, that's you know Have that's you not seen his stand up. No. 
That's like no. one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. Although I can't, what's his name? Who's canceled? Wrote it. Louis C.K. But I still recommend it. It's awesome. Yeah. Joel and I. That's one of our like go-to movies. It's like comfort. Chris Rock. To me, he looks like he's had had a bit of work done. Oh yeah. On his face, his face looks a little disconcerting to me. But he had a pretty recent stand-up show where he talked about he got divorced and like was dating he and did? stuff. That was part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. How are his girls? One of my favorite Chris Rock's things is that movie Good Hair. Have you ever seen Good Hair? Uh-uh. Oh, he has two daughters, and he made this movie about black women and oh, hair yeah. called Good Hair, and it's really good. But he tells it as a father who's watching his girls grow up, and it's really good. Yeah. Well, I recommend this stand-up show. Okay. And I, I've been, like, I've been very close to Chris Rock. Like Not physically? Physically. One time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I went to New York City in the 90s. And when I would go to New York City, I would go to see a taping of the Conan O'Brien show. I got this idea from my brother because he did that. That's awesome. It was the funnest thing ever. You have to line up in the morning and get a ticket. But it's free. And then they tape the shows at like four in the afternoon or something. And he warms up the crowd, right? And it's really funny. Conan? Yeah. Yeah, and I went to some other show taping series. It's a fun thing to do. I don't know if you can still do it like you used to be able to. And so I was in an elevator going up. And Chris Rock, I think he must have been a guest. Either I was in the elevator or out of the elevator. Anyway, elevator doors open and Chris Rock is there. So I didn't. I wasn't on an elevator with him. I saw him. Just like waiting for the elevator. Yeah, something like that. How did he look? Cool. Good. I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm a fan of Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. So I was like. They didn't help you. Adam Driver is a funny person. He's just his own. I don't think he was trying. I don't think the goal was for him to be a funny comedian. Yeah. It's just a personal pet peeve that I have. This happened with Mrs. Maisel, too. Oh, I hate Mrs. Maisel. I hate that show. So do I. Oh. That's I'm weird. So I thought I thought I was the only one. I hate it. Well, I've and been I in love groups. Gilmore Girls, but I still fucking hate that show. I've been in groups with you where I felt like I admitted I hated it uh, and, and I you didn't, didn't back you say. up no i thought so i thought I'm you liked you it. on that completely 100 percent. just because i don't think her act is funny enough just if you're gonna be a comedian as a character it has to be funny or it really makes me annoyed that doesn't bother me because i feel like comedy aims and misses all the time and like professional comedians sometimes aren't funny and sometimes they are oh my god i hate mrs Maisel. so do you, you don't hate it because of the comedy thing no, Why I do just you hate because it? I think it's that lady Amy Sherman Palladino at her worst. I'm like, sorry to all the fans. I know everyone loves it. I don't care. I don't care, people. You're wrong. That show sucks. You're wrong about. This like is I love the Gilmore Girls. My friend Craig might be listening to this, who also loves the Gilmore Girls, and we've had a lot of talks about Amy Sherman Palladino. And I hate her stupid hats. I love the Gilmore Girls, even though Lorelai and Rory are basically terrible people and there's so many problems with that show. I still love that show. But there's something about Mrs. Maisel that just, it was everything that was bad with the like self-referential talkiness, but like worse. And then I guess the other thing that annoyed me about it is just that the one or two episodes I watched, Rachel Brosnahan 
I love Joan Rivers, and there's a lot of Joan Rivers in that in Mrs. Maisel's character, and I just felt like she didn't really have to struggle, and that really bothered me. Like, what's so terrible about your life? You're like this rich Jewish lady. You meet Lenny Bruce like on the first episode, and he becomes your mentor. Well, this that was stupid. so unrealistic yeah. that I couldn't deal with it. That, and I just that these like people would be lining up to help this lady. My yeah. aunt was uh, friends with Lenny Bruce. I'll say that. Oh, really? Yeah. Your aunt Mary. Yeah. The no, nun? no, oh. my aunt Margaret. She was uh, like a hippie in the in San Francisco in the '60s, and she knew Lenny Bruce. I've seen a a photo of her with him. That's really cool. Name dropping, but sorry. Yeah, but well, it's true. I just she thought he got a bad rap, a bad deal. Like he definitely did. But oh my god, I hate that show so much. It's like a um, Trojan horse thing. I guess for you, the comedy is to me. What the vintage clothes? The vintage are. clothes. Oh, like, you didn't not like the vintage clothes. No, I love vintage clothes. No, but in the show, it bothers me that they dress it up and make it look beautiful and classy when in fact it's a shit show. And it people looks fall very good. for how good it looks. Yeah, and then it still sucks. Like Mad Men is great, and mm -hmm. the clothes and the decor just really complement yeah. everything mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Maisel is just grabbing those coattails, and people think it's good because it looks classy, but it's not. Total agreement there. And also, she's a mom who never sees her kids, and you never know what the kids are doing. And, and what's so terrible about her life? Her life is great. She lives in a beautiful apartment in New York City. I think her husband was, like, annoying. I don't care. <laughs> she was annoying, too. <laughs> yeah, okay. Totally agree on that. Going to give that two thumbs down. How okay. did we get on? Oh, because she's not funny. Comedy. Yeah. That bugged me about Annette. But I'm going to say overall, I liked it. I did too. Yeah. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, this movie is really fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And I even like, I got up to go to the bathroom at one point and I was like, I said to Joel, we're watching this movie. It's really fucking weird. I think one of your coworkers said she couldn't look away. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way. And even more so, like I was entertained. I enjoyed watching it. I'm not sure I could say exactly what it was about, though, so I feel like I should ask you to do the recap. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'll try to do a quick recap, Annette. Okay, so Adam Driver plays a quote-unquote stand-up comedian, but actually he's a performance artist with a weird one-man show. And that would have gone pretty far with me to, like, correct something I thought was annoying about it, just that description. He marries a famous opera singer, and they have a kid, and the kid's a puppet in the movie. Like a marionette, kind of. Like a, She looked like puppet. Pinocchio. This blows my mind. I love it. I love the puppet thing. He turns evil. He kills her sort of accidentally. It's a musical. He exploits Annette the puppet because she can sing in her dead, and fly. In dead mom's voice. Yeah. Yeah, never explained. She can also fly. And so she is becomes famous, and he makes money. From her, there's this composer, conductor guy that he also kills. And then Annette tells everyone that he killed her and he goes to jail or whatever. So that's a sketch of the plot. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the spoilers. It's weird, a weird movie, a musical. And a lot of the words are sung in sort of a non-musical way, which is something I find annoying, too. Adam Driver sings. It's, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. I generally found his singing fine he's a good singer and like he usually like hits notes and stuff sometimes it just feels like awkward to me 
I mean, he doesn't have like a natural, amazing voice of an angel or anything singing voice. Like he can do it. I love that he signed up for this movie and it makes it seem just like a total theater nerd that you would do this type of thing and get into it and, and love it. And aesthetically, beautiful movie. A plus on color. Mm-hmm. Really good color. And a lot of it, it seemed like a stage play. They didn't try yes, to make it I seem. I felt that way too. Like there's this part on the boat. It's totally fake looking. <laughs> yeah, totally fake looking. So some of it looks realistic. Some of it's fake looking. It's like surreal. There's a puppet. More puppets. I love the puppet. Wait, were there other puppets? No, oh, in general. Yeah. Throw the puppeteer as a bone. More puppets in movies. And it was a great way to have a baby act in a movie. And and then they could, you know, it's not a real baby. So you can. It's very clearly not a real baby. No, but it was beautiful. And so, and then when the puppet got a little older, it was a little toddler. Like it was so pretty. Did you think? Or did you think it was just creepy? I don't know. I don't know what to make of that puppet. So you didn't love the puppet. I would just was like, why the puppet? Because I think it's good not to put a child through that kind of thing. Like being in a movie, making a two-year-old work in a movie. Plus, how can you do that, you know? like Well, you have more than one. Yeah, but I just thought it was a nice solution to having a baby and a toddler in a movie. Do you think that's why they did it? I feel <clears> like there must be some other reason that I wasn't understanding. Do. I'm sure it's not easier to do because... Oh. Well, there's so many effects. Every time the puppet was on, I was completely distracted by the puppet because Mm -hmm. I was like, how are they making the puppet do this stuff? Sometimes the puppet would be like sitting in the crib and it would be moving and it had this really, they don't try to make it not look like a puppet. You can see the joins on its elbows and on its wrists and stuff. And it would be moving in this very lifelike way, like it looked alive. And so then I'd be like, how are they doing that? And then sometimes they would pick up the puppet and the puppet would then it would be very clearly a doll, like it would be very still. And so then I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking like, there's probably it's probably not just puppets, like there's probably some CGI. So it totally took me out of the movie, which I don't actually think is bad because the whole movie was very artificial. But clearly, like every time the puppet was on, all I could think about was the puppet and like what was going on with the puppet. It was weird because I didn't not like it. I just I couldn't understand. I had so many questions every time the puppet was on the screen. And like my brain was playing with like the technical part of it. Why as an artistic choice part and also just thinking like, wow, it must be really weird acting. This is one thing I'm going to say. Yeah, because there is one scene at the end of the movie where Annette turns real and she turns into a real kid. And I did feel like Adam Driver's demeanor changed when he was talking to her when she was a real kid. And I don't know if that was because he was acting with a puppet and then he was acting with a kid or if it was because something happens in Henry McHenry's head that changes and that's why she turns into a real kid. I couldn't, but to me, I really could tell a difference. I read a theory online that the puppet represented Henry McHenry's, how he saw people as something to manipulate and not another human being. And then when she was like four and he was in prison, he saw her as a as another human being. I could see that. Like Pinocchio. She became real. He became real in seeing her that way. 
as a human. Mm-hmm. He looked weird in the prison scene, didn't he? I mean, he had makeup on. Well, okay. Should we talk about the puppet a little more? Because I, I oh, have a yeah. lot of questions about the prison scene, too. But Okay. I thought the puppet distracting, yes, but in a way that I was amazed by and liked. I thought it was original and, like, surprising. Because it's a movie. It can be anything. There can be a puppet as a character. I love it when I see something like that. I appreciate it. Also, I thought the puppet was beautiful, like the craftsmanship of the puppet. Yeah, I did too. And the baby puppet, though, was scary as hell, right? Yeah. Well, when the baby is first born and you can see its heart beating inside of the puppet. Oh, I, first... I didn't notice that. Oh. When it was first born. When the baby first comes out in the like birth scene. When they pass it around. It's dark the in the room and the oh, baby yeah. is like dark and you can see its red heart beating through. I didn't notice that. I was more, I guess I was focused on its ears. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice the ears. <laughs> well, it was like big Adam Driver ear, baby ears, sticking mm-hmm. out ears. And it seemed like it was de- like the lighting was weird. It was looked blue. So what else about the puppet? I just don't know what to think of that puppet. I like how when the puppet, okay, so there was one point when Adam Driver was holding, it was like a newborn baby and just the way the body kind of folded up was yeah. like a baby. It was so realistic. And yet so artificial. The anatomy of like how a baby's legs fold up like because when they've been in, mm-hmm. in the womb they're so like elastic and and then you know you stiffen up later there's a scene too where they were sleeping in bed with the baby and the baby's little feet were like moving back and forth and it also looked really simultaneously artificial but also the rhythm and the movement was really real yeah it was there, it was a fascinating this, choice i think there should be an award for this i hope the puppet gets an award <laughs> <laughs> the puppeteers. I do made that puppet. Have I ever told you the story about when I worked at the Historical Society? We did an exhibit about Lake Street, the history of Lake Street, and one of the spots that they focused on was the Heart of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this came up, but my boss was in a meeting with the head of our exhibit team, and he just got really fired up about puppets and puppetry in Minneapolis, and. Because that's one of a those... puppet theater in Minneapolis. Right, right. He loved it or hated he loves it. it. Yeah. And he's one of those people who like is passionate but doesn't have a sense of humor about himself. And he was just yelling like, this is a puppet town. I think As puppetry a of a puppet is town. underrated. I want more puppets. I like them. All right. <laughs> Liz is in the puppet camp. I am It's just weird boundary. and creative. There's a, what is it called? One eye puppet theater oh One. figure open figure, eye open eye mm-hmm. figure yep that's a thing we have a lot of puppets in this town <laughs> this is a puppet it town. it is a puppet town okay i guess living in powder i mean we've got to be in the epicenter of yeah we're in the epicenter i mean maybe powderhorn should be me. called puppet town puppet town puppet horn i'm still on the fence about the annette puppet but it was beautiful mm-hmm. i agree it was a weird like birthmark or gash on its forehead. Yeah. Or, so, okay. So that gets me. Birthmark. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that gets me to, yes, she had this weird little gash on her head. And then he periodically through the movie has a gash on his cheek, like kind of back by his jawline. It looks like a port wine stain. See, to, to me. me, it looked like a gash. I could not figure out what that was. I wondered if they were connected. And sometimes it was more prominent mm-hmm. than other times. And he would kind of touch it. Yeah. I'm sure it means something symbolically. And then when he was in prison, it was really big. Yeah. And I wondered, I was like, did he get in a fight in prison? Like, did someone, like, 
tear it up. I thought it was some kind of birthmark looking thing. Yeah, that was a thing. What else about the prison scene at the end? About how he looked? Is I mean, going to say that wound on his what looked like a wound to me on his cheek was really prominent. And then when you mentioned Annette's weird thing on her forehead, I wondered if they were related somehow. Do you want to talk about Snow White? We could, yeah. I mean, there were Snow White references. I didn't see a big, I thought it was just aesthetic. They each had their fruit. Marion Cotillard, what's her? Cotillard. Anne is her character's name. She ate apples a lot. And some of her clothes looked like Snow White. And Mm -hmm. then like the evil stuff was always green, like the green. They had like a green pool outside their house. His con- And his comedy shows yep. always had a lot of this green color. That was the same color as in Snow White, the evil stepmother's potion. Mm-hmm. And then he looked a lot like the evil stepmother mm-hmm. when she turns into the hag. Like He yeah. wore this yucky bathrobe, and, yeah. but his hands sticking out in a claw. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him do that a lot. He has such big hands. I mean, his hands yeah. are in, they show a lot when he's on stage too, gesticulating. His hands look huge. His scary looking, threatening hands, him touching the baby. It's just kind of scary. And tickling, but hurting also. Yeah, that was like non-consensual. There was a non-consensual tickling scene yeah. between him and Anne. Which that did was... seem like a thing, like his theme as a comedian always, he keeps going back to this question like, why did I become a comedian? Why did I want to make people laugh? You know, but it's this like hurting kind of painful. And there is a scene pretty early where he goes to pick her, like they both done shows and he goes to pick her up and she says, how was it? And he was like, I killed, I murdered, which is I think what comics say a lot when they do well. And he was like, how about you? And she's like, I saved them. But that, you know, it was like a perfect. That was over the top. I mean, his yeah. character was flat in that way. If a comedian or anyone is, if there's so much time dedicated to people saying, why did you become a comedian? I don't know. I just don't care. I just more care about what they would say, like their comedy. I thought that was annoying. You mentioned waxing earlier. Mm-hmm. And I brought this up last. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that too. Zero body hair on Adam Driver, including his legs. So that's not... Real. It's got to be shaved. Hairless. I think some people just don't have a lot of hair on their bodies. Why would a man, you do that? Have you ever seen a real man with no hair even on his legs? That's just of like European stomach growling, descent. Really. I don't know. You think he waxes his entire body? Yeah, I'm thinking it's fine. No judgment. He had armpit it's hair, fine. I noticed. Yes, I did notice that. It's probably weird to be fixated on no, this. But I I'm like, why don't his too. legs, like what just looks weird about them we see his legs a lot mm-hmm. lately. we see his, his, whole, his body whole body a lot. yeah he'll put it all out there we saw his butt a little bit yeah. in this one is that the first time i feel like his Girls, butt might have had a little maybe. bit of hair on it <laughs> i couldn't tell and i'll have to go back and check so i just am noting it no i that it's gotta right be there with you it's just a question in my mind that no one has ever talked about that I've noticed. So do you shave? Do you wax? For example, a swimmer shaves their body hair. Maybe bodybuilders or something. So maybe He is a good swimmer. Yeah. Seems like a bodybuilder. So I'm just saying. I know. I I notice it. But so with the wound on his cheek, I also noticed how straggly the hair was on his chin. Like I don't think he grows... A super full beard. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's one of those people who grows like a patchy beard. The other option could be that his body hair grows in weird. 
So then mm-hmm. he waxes it all just for like a clean finish. Yeah, because there's like a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, like one of my uncles yeah. only wrote, he grows hair on one of his shoulders, but not the other. So well, yeah, I, you he doesn't, that. yeah, he doesn't, but, or maybe he like grows hair on his neck or something. So he just like waxes it all. Yeah. Also, when he gets a mustache, every movie, you get everything. Clean shaven, beard, mustache, goatee. But he doesn't seem to grow hair in this little spot, like right below, you know, in the little cleft mm-hmm. of your... So It has a word that has a name. Oh, really? So the mustache is just on the sides. I will say, we can talk about this in our, when, when we rate it, but he has a mustache towards the end, and it's gross. His it, mustaches look terrible. It was like the sparks. Looks, but they look funny. Yeah. I mean, I sort of like them because they look funny, but... Do you think he got it because of the guy in Sparks who has a weird little mustache? Is that why they gave him that mustache? I don't know. I mean, you're hanging around weird mustache guys. You're like, I'll, I'll get a do, weird mustache. I'll just do this. So he had like pretty long, like Fabio hair for a while when, yeah. in the beginning. Ugh, it's gross though. It wasn't style, Was it Will. I don't know. It didn't look lush. Well, at the beginning, it looked kind of frizzy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because in the beginning, they have everyone in the movie is walking to the movie theater and they're singing. Now we will start. Now we, I can't remember how. Yeah. It goes. And like then that. they're putting on their characters, so they go from being like Marion Cotillard becomes Anne, and he becomes. Remember, he changes his coat, and then they give him a wig, and then they're like, "Goodbye, Henry McHenry," and he gets on his motorcycle. So I wondered if the long hair was a wig because it gets shorter mm. oh, oh, during oh, the movie. Could be. Okay, one more complaint I'm going to file is that things start to go bad. Because his career starts to go badly and hers is going well. That's a trope. That's like a star is born where like Mm -hmm. if a woman goes up, a man has to go down. I don't like that. And I think it's dumb. Totally. It bugs me. I didn't like that. I thought the music, so Sparks did the music and they were in it here and there. And they wrote the screenplay with the director. I thought the music was really good. But the lyrics to these songs are words. I mean, they just weren't. It was like a chant. Yeah, one big song was, I love you so much. We love each other so much. It's just so basic. It's so, and there was a lot of telling and not showing. And then the piano player guy who is in love with Anne also has a song about, it's not like formed into a song. It's just his dialogue. Yeah. You just like. I'm uh play the piano, but I really am a conductor at heart. You should like write a scene to demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like storytelling wise, but whatever. It's just these Sparks guys, like French director, they're doing their thing. Let it go, I guess. Yeah, I it's not. If it's you accept not, a puppet, you can accept some of that. I don't know. It's not a musical exactly, and yeah, it's I not would say an it opera. Is. Yeah. Well, oh. so but with a musical, what happens is because mm-hmm. I love musicals, dialogue, and, and then like and musical then a numbers. song, and the mm-hmm. the song can either emphasize the plot, or it can even advance the narrative. You know, so that the person is either. The song exists in and of itself. So you can listen to the soundtrack and you can hear it. And like like on the street where you live, you know, in My Fair Lady, we already know he's in love with this lady and he's walking along. But then when he sings that, it emphasizes his joy, but it also is a standalone moment. And the music in this, it's not that. It's just little snippets of dialogue sung over and over again. So it just kind of, mm-hmm. it just doesn't have the same effect. 
you couldn't mm-hmm. listen. I mean, I guess you could listen to the soundtrack, but if I listened to the soundtrack of this movie, I would be bored, or yeah, I would just I have play a very it in the background. low tolerance for stuff like that. I mean, I love musicals. I like the sound of music. All the songs are really good as right. songs. Instead yes. of some musicals, it is like words being sung, but it. It's not like a coherent song, and I really don't like that very much. I don't either. And so, the song has it has a role in the musical, but it's also a standalone piece of art that you can listen to. And it, I think we're saying the same thing. So what about opera? I know zero about opera. And when I hear opera singing, to me, it's like poetry. It just doesn't connect with me. I'm like, oh, that person can sing very well. I know some people really love it, and I just feel like I don't, I, I don't get it. I had a love affair with Turandot when I was a kid because my mom. This is a really fun thing to do too. When we were kids, they were looking for extras. I don't know if you know the story of Turandot, but Turandot is this. She's this princess queen. My mom's gonna listen to this and send me an email immediately to correct me, but she's the queen and she's supposed to get married to this prince. All of her suitors come to her and she doesn't like them, so she cuts their heads off. So she has on the stage, she has all of these heads on stakes around her palace, but she finally meets Prince, I think it's Prince Philip, and he woos her and then they fall in love and then she's good. So the opera in my home city of Hartford was doing it and my they needed extras so my mom signed us up to be extras like extra villagers Mm -hmm. and it was really exciting like we got to go to the rehearsals and I loved it you had this early exposure I I would listen to the record exposed to it so yeah and then it's just like it's a thing that exists it doesn't affect me but I think as far as the music so a musical I feel like a musical has a plot and it has dialogue and it has songs that emphasize or progress the narrative but the music stands alone right an opera the plot is not the forward part of it it's the music Mm -hmm. so the music is beautiful but the plot is kind of this silly little story that moves the music along but the music is the forward part and the plot is the background and the Mm -hmm. musical I feel like they're side by side and then Mm -hmm. Annette is neither of those things okay I wondered if one was a fan of opera that one would get Annette more well it's very overwrought Mm -hmm. which is definitely true with with opera one of my favorite parts was um, when Anne was giving a concert and that backdrop of blue banners coming down. I thought that was really cool. And she looked like totally freaked out. Yeah. I mean, she why had that would weird she, red hair? I, she, her character seemed, she always seemed kind of freaked out, kind of weak. And I mean, why was she? I mean, she was this amazing opera singer. Because she star. had the weight of her audience's expectation. I felt like she was like the savior. And that's why she was freaked out. I would have liked to see a little more. She didn't have a lot to do. I mean, she sang amazingly. I that wondered if that was really her singing. I think it's when her she singing. Was singing the opera. I felt like when they were singing together, but oh, like but when the she opera sang the thing, opera I'm, stuff. I know, like I mean, you're an opera singer and an actor. It's just too much. But yeah, too much talent. Too, too much, much talent underused talent, really, because she doesn't get to do much. And then there was this funny little clips of like a TMZ. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Like celebrity news show what did you think of those they were real campy i feel like news about the the director was like wait a minute we need a plot you know and he just like threw that in to move it along yeah it was a little like student work yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, I love that Annette could fly, and no one ever said anything about it. She just could sing, and she could fly. Everyone loved her, and no one thought it was weird. So that was cool. I don't know. I guess I'm wrapping up my thoughts on it. What I do want to say that you blew my mind because that there's a scene, it's kind of the crisis moment in the movie where she's kind of at the top of her game and she's going to do her last performance at like a football game and they Mm -hmm. put her on this green pedestal. Mm -hmm. Henry McHenry is like at the height of his evil. He's like killed everyone around him and he's, this is his last little moment to really exploit Annette and he's like pacing around in the booth watching. I could not understand what she was saying. It took, she, they kept like playing the intro to the music and you could tell Annette was supposed to talk and the commentator was like, and sing and the commentator was like, hang on, she's just a little girl. She's really nervous, everyone. Thanks for your patience. And then she said something and I didn't know what she said. Oh, really? It was the, uh, it was the hyperbole. She was singing it, which was, I thought, kind of funny. Yeah. She said like, why did you kill mommy? Or what did she say there? I think she said, my dad kills people. Oh. My daddy kills people. Something like that. Oh, so that was like a key. She outed him. I get it. So I really missed that piece. I was like, oh. why is he in jail now? Okay. Oh. Mind blown. I Until I said it. You didn't know. Okay. I didn't know why he was in jail suddenly. That's good. Do you want to talk about how he looked in jail now, that last scene? His hair was cut short and like short. What would you call this? Like emo Phillips yeah. bangs. So See, really weird chopped off hair. I will say to the comedy thing, like I actually think Emo Phillips is way funnier than Henry McHenry, but that's why his weird performance didn't bother me at all. I was thinking about people like Emo Phillips who like are super fucking weird. And that's He's a comedian. Thing. Yeah. I just still think you have to laugh. If I'm going to see someone who is their character as a stand-up comedian, when they tell jokes, I want to laugh. Mm-hmm. And I don't. You know what that makes me think of? Do you watch The Simpsons? I have. Have you ever seen the one where they're watching Prairie Home Companion and Homer's like, be more funny. And he's like banging (laughs) the TV. That's how I feel. And if you can't say someone's a comedian and then it's like there is not even a joke, nothing remotely funny. There is a style of comedy that guys will do and it's having toxic male energy. I mean, I don't go for that. I don't think it should exist. And I don't listen to Mark Maron's podcast. I've tried. Everyone loves it. And it's probably great if you really listen to it. But I just get that vibe from him. It's like toxic energy that annoys me and I don't want to listen to it. However, I have seen him do stand up and it was fantastic and super funny. I don't really like his podcast either. Okay. But I do love him i mean i laughed I so hard have you seen him no i haven't seen that oh, that's good okay he melts my heart in okay that. am i wrong about his podcast i've just tried and i just no, can't get into it. it i think it's too much about him it's not about the comedy or the toxicity or anything else i just i don't like it when people talk about although i talk about myself on our podcast all the time <laughs> Like Conan O'Brien, I think, also is not a good interviewer on his podcast because I think he talks about himself too much. Although gonna, when, uh, I'll get into it, that with you. Oh, interesting. Because Terry Gross also talks about herself sometimes. But when she's interviewing, I love Terry. I like Conan's podcast. As far as an interviewer, it's like hit and miss depending on how he can riff with whoever's the guest. I've heard some really awkward ones. I think he's really super funny. I'm just very tired of interviews with celebrities. I'm just done. 
with Conan's podcast now, sometimes they just have a regular person on as the guest. Oh, and I'm I like, like that. great. I really like that because all the celebrities, they've been on every show. You've heard their interviews. I'm just more interested in non-celebrities. So that format of a show is kind of a bit of a thumbs down for me. Interesting. Not, not really what I go for. I like people a little less famous than that, but I think mm-hmm. he's really funny. Maybe he wrote that line on The Simpsons. It's very funny. Did you see The Simpsons? So when we got Disney Plus, we watched a few Simpsons episodes. It's hard to know what to watch because there's a gazillion. Have you seen the one recently, or do you remember when Homer works at a bowling alley? No. I don't want to spoil this. I'll spoil the whole Annette, but that's different because if you spoil jokes, it's worse because then you don't laugh. So my homework assignment to you is find this do you have Disney Plus? You have anything? Yeah, yeah, we have everything. Um, the episode where Homer works at a bowling alley. Okay. Also, another good one, when he gets a pile of sugar. That's another good one. So here's my thing with, okay, I'm learning a lot about you, Liz. And one thing I'm learning <laughs> is that comedy is something that's very important to you. And Com- that you yeah, have comedy very, is important to me. You have very, I, I guess high standards isn't the word, but you have a scrup- scrupulous parameters, maybe. I'm a fan of comedy, and I like to read books that, like, comedians write, like, their memoirs and stuff. That's why you should read Seth Rogen's memoir, Everyone, recommendation for you, if I haven't told you already. It is so funny and charming, and you will love it. I would it. like that. Even I know I would. Even if you I think would. he makes too many stoner jokes, I it's like really him. funny. I, I like him. I accept that totally. Like, and they're I mean, all he's... short stories, so you can just read one at a time and then walk away. And there is one about Star Wars, which I think you would okay. especially enjoy. Yeah, comedy, it's it's fun to think about. And here's my question for you. Do you ever watch Dr. Katz? No. Oh, okay. Rec- recommend it? Recommend it. Okay. You know what it is? Is it animated? Yes. Okay. And, and is I don't... it John Lovitz? No. No. Who is it? Who is the guy? Dr. Katz. I mean, okay. his name is something Katz, but he made it. And the gimmick is that he's a therapist. All of his clients are comedians so every comedian you've ever heard of has been on dr katz and so really their their monologue is the therapy session but i think you should watch it because you can learn so much about it's very funny but also it's fascinating because sometimes you watch it and you're like who is this ray you know like their name is so familiar and then you watch the credits and you're like oh it's ray romano Mm -hmm. like ray romano and they come back just everyone is on it and it's fascinating i just really think you would like it because there's no other show with comedians in the way that i just learn so much in fact i don't know if you can watch it anywhere so i might put it on a thumb drive for you because we have it oh cool it's unstreamable it might be unstreamable. That's another thing. It's excellent. That it was I on really the get into. Comedy Channel like in the 90s and it's it's just one of those shows that I just really think you would love. Cool. I remember when I was a teen and like we got cable there was a channel called A&E, I think. And at 9 or 10 every night they would just show stand up. It was like brick wall the whole deal. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that with my family. I do ask myself every time I watch stand-up, it's not something I go out of my way to watch, but it's that thing where I'm an event coordinator and and so I'm always thinking about different ways to engage audiences. You know, should we have something that's interactive? Should we have like a musical performance? Like, you know, what should we do to get people excited? And it always blows my mind that one of the most compelling things is like someone who makes a really good speech and really moves you 
has more weight and gravity and it can stick with you in a way that a whiz bang musical can't. And it's the same thing with comedy. Like it, it is amazing that somebody can just stand up there and talk to you for an hour and make you laugh and cry at the same time. Whenever I've gone to Acme Comedy Club, if that still exists, I think it probably does. Yeah. It's I, fun. I would never do that in a million years. What do you mean? I would be never. so uncomfortable. Oh, you mean do it. No, I would never go watch it in an audience theater. I couldn't do it. Why? I don't like theater. Okay. I don't like improv. And I don't like the idea of going to see stand-up comedy. It's too close for me. I want to watch it on a screen. I want the person behind the screen. I don't want them to be able to see how I'm reacting. Well, yeah. I I mean, you feel really nervous for them. I don't want to do it. That doesn't sound fun to me at all. I would do it. It just involves usually like buying tickets, and I don't usually do that. Like if someone has an extra ticket, that's when I'll... Yeah. That's how I saw Mark Maron. I'm not good at buying tickets. Mm -hmm. I don't like to buy tickets. I don't know how you do it because robots buy them all. Interesting. Like if you have to like go on a website at a certain time and try a hundred times, I just do not want to do that. See, now that I'm old and I'm married and I have expendable income because my child's not in childcare anymore and we've been stuck in a pandemic, I'm like, take my money, entertainers. Like, please let me throw so money So you know how you. to I do it. Buy it. Yeah. You know how to buy tickets. Okay. I might have to, I, like, but like I, services. But that's okay. also because I don't care. I mean, I care, but really I don't care about how much money I'm spending on them. I want to throw, like, I, I paid a stupid amount of money to see Liz Fair at the Turf Club because I just wanted to when go. When recently? Or and like it was pre-pandemic, 90s. but when she was... Oh, I would have loved to go oh, to that. It was so good. But, you know, I I don't even know how much money I spent on those, but I didn't care. Because you had to buy it from a robot who bought mm-hmm. it or something? Yeah. I bought it from a robot because she was doing the Exile in Guyville tour. What? And it was good. all... It was yeah. great. And it, my point being, I just didn't care anymore because I was like, I love Liz Fair. I'm old. I have money to spend. Why don't I spend it instead of trying to like... I don't know, get the tickets at face value. I just didn't yeah. care. That sounds like a great show. And I think Liz Fair's, like those songs from Exile in Guyville, oh my God. they age so well. I hear them now. Yeah. I loved them at the time. Me too. But then, I mean, you don't hear them. You know, some songs like you'll hear all the time, like Bob Dylan or whatever. They're gone, but it, they're great. Mm-hmm. Love them so much. So The Walker restaurant, I remember I was telling a, a friend once about this i got so excited but one of their iterations they had a cocktail called the exile in guyville and it right. was like a peach bellini and it was i always liked to get it when i went there because yeah i loved it so much and she was great and she played all with just with like an acoustic band when we saw her at the turf club and i was so happy that i had spent that money because i can now i guess that's why old people always go to overpriced concerts because they can now yeah you see i mean any concert i've been to that costs money Recently, I saw Patti Smith recently. Did you know that? Did you see her at Surly Field? Don't you hate Surly Field, though? Didn't no. you feel complicated about it because Surly sucks? Oh, I don't know. Why do they suck? Because all their staff tried to unionize, so then they just closed oh, their yeah. restaurant. Yeah, that sucks. I hate that, but... But still, okay. You so. know, I love IPAs, so I, I know. know they sort of started the whole furious. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I still think that's such a good beer. Okay, so you went I to see Patty Smith. Said, Tell me, was it yeah. great? Was she great? Yeah. Did she spend a lot of money on it? 
Well, what do you mean? Just like I don't my, so. my point being that I'm an old person, so now I just spend a lot of money. Oh, you know, well, this is a situation my friend offered me a spare ticket. Okay. I don't know how much it costs. Maybe 60 to $100 or something. Mm-hmm. It was I cool. bet it was really good people watching, and too. We were a lot of old people. I mean, there was a range of ages. And we stayed very far back. This is like when Delta variant was, well, it still is going on majorly, but. We were just getting back into being in masks. It was outside, mm-hmm. but I'm I didn't. Sure it was fine. I didn't want to be like up close in a crowd. That seemed weird. I should have brought binoculars because I couldn't really see. And I'm not uh, super knowledgeable about Patti Smith's music, but I've read her books. I love yeah. her books. She's a great writer, and she's such a good. I was like, just this kids is, is so good. Yes, I was like, this is a great way for me to you know hear more of her songs. Yeah, she's a total badass. She's great. She's, she's someone totally cool. that. I love her as a person, but I don't love her music. Yeah, I've put it on my playlist, and when the songs come on, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to listen to this I have Horses on CD, and I try to listen to it. Yeah. But really, the only song that I like on it is Kimberly. I don't know the names. Little sister, the sky is falling. So what about People Have the Power? Did she write that song? Yes, she did. I thought that was good. And because... Because the night, is it you Bruce, know, Bruce Springsteen? Wrote well, it? they really wrote it together. Okay, he had written the chorus, and then okay. she wrote it, and he gave it to her. Yeah, he's a heck of a songwriter, huh? Yeah, he's written so many songs. I listened to a whole podcast about it, and in fact, he's had more number ones as a songwriter as he has as an artist. Because so mm-hmm. many songs that you don't even know that he wrote, he wrote. That's all. I want to know more. I could know more. He's about very that. talented. Okay, should we rate yes. Annette? You go first. I, I'm pretty solid, and I'm going to give it three combs. Me too. Because I think it's cool. I'm glad it exists. But there's some things I do not like about it, and so that's why it's not a five. It's not perfect, but definitely not a one. I think it's original and weird. Very happy when I see weird stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's coming out on streaming things. Not like this was an Amazon Prime thing. So that's where we're going to see the more independent movies nowadays. I have a lot of questions about Amazon as a creative partner. But yeah, I would give it a three stars too. And from an Adam Driver perspective, his hair looked really good sometimes. His hair on his head. And his hairless <laughs> body also looked yeah. terrific. One thing I didn't point out, but I, I want to mention it now, is when they're lying in bed together, their bodies are phenomenal. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of yeah, moments yeah. where you see their, and they look so different from Annette's like little powdery puppet body. Like they're these long, sinewy, and I almost feel like they oiled their bodies sometimes or the way yeah. they had their light. Like they look so There's some explicit SCX in the movie. Yes, there sure is. If that's a pro or a con for you. Both of them have these long, beautiful bodies. And I feel like you Mm -hmm. see their long legs a lot, like when they're riding on the motorcycle and then when they're lying in bed together. You see these long, they're like horses or something. Yeah, they're like physical specimens. Yes. They're And I think they oiled their bodies, like the way the light like played off of their bones and their muscles. I know. It just looks like impossible for there to be so many planes, so much definition. Yeah in muscles and bones and stuff. I was reading about Snow White because I watched it before Annette just to see how much it was referred to. And then I was reading about it on Wikipedia. And it's based on a fairy tale, the original fairy tale. There's a thing about a poison comb. (gasps) 
Right? I want to he read was that. definitely brushing his hair with a poison comb. There was yes, like, but I I laughed to myself because of our comb system. Totally. Oh, and I also just wanted to mention his fruit was a banana. Oh yeah, his fruit and was I was a, thinking was about how rats like bananas. That's all. OMG, that's a great way to end the episode. Thanks for listening to episode twelve of Designated Driver. Any thoughts on? Oh yeah, I, what should we watch I, next? I time? do have th- some thoughts. Okay, there are like three indie movies that I've never heard of. One is called Bluebird, one is called I'm Drowning Not Waving, and one is called Gaby. <laughs> I'm fascinated by these movies because I've never heard of them. Check them out. Is Adam Driver in them? Yeah, they're on the list of Adam Driver movies. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, like Bluebird? What is that? I don't know. Is it like that? Maybe people have heard of it. I've never, I've never heard, heard of it. it. Gaby makes me think of, though, I've been watching reruns of 30 Rock a lot. Always great. <sighs> Well, actually, there are some things nope. that have not aged well. Oh, okay. But some like weird, some race things where I'm like, was Lemon. I don't know if you remember that Jack's nemesis is played by the other guy who has a really deep voice who used to be married to Amy Poehler. What's his name? Will Arnett. Yeah, Will Arnett. Yeah. He plays a yes, gay Republican. Yes. He ends up being a stay-at-home dad, and he and his partner have triplets, and they call them the Gabies. So is that what it's about, Gabies? The picture is like two adults in bed together. So maybe it's like a sex comedy. I read like the first line of it, what it's about. A hot yoga instructor decides blah, blah, blah. And I stopped right there. Is Adam Driver the hot yoga instructor? No, I think that's a woman. Oh. I don't know how much he's in I'm it. intrigued by Gaby because of Gabies. I've never heard of any of these The movies. one that was drowning, not waving. The first line of the description is, it's a movie about two adults. I like that because there's no spoilers. Bam, that's what I need to know. Do you have a preference of those three? Something about the title Bluebird seems interesting. That makes And then the drowning makes you think of Ladybird. No, I was going to say the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. It's where a lot of people play when they're starting out. Dang. I'm reading the Tammy Wynette biography. Because of Of cocaine and rhinestones. Of course, yeah, yeah. I never knew it was pronounced Wynette. Me neither. Haven't we? Have we not talked about this? I'm trying to change myself because I've always said Tammy Wynette. Does she pronounce it? Because, well, she's dead. Wow, she's Would, nutty. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't really love the biography. It's by this guy. And actually, there's been a really long part where it's, she's not even in it. They're just talking about the Quonset hut, of course. And oh, yeah. Nashville. Everyone can't believe that Quonset they hut. They just can't stop. And that's what this biography is really that about. That strikes me as one of those things where men just can't believe other men. Yeah, they're just amazed. And also they completely don't understand women, especially mothers. And also cocaine and rhinestone guy, Tyler. I feel like he doesn't no sympathy understand for, people. Right, <laughs> no sympathy for, like, she's a single mom who's really poor with three kids. And they're, like, criticizing her and judging her on things that are unimportant. I think, like, it, what she said in an interview, if it's exactly true or not true. I'm like... You're not getting it. She's a single mom who's she's poor really tired. with three kids. That is, She's got to think about that, and she's trying to have a career at the same time. Like, You're just not getting it. You don't care about it. And so I don't know if I can finish, if I'm going to finish the, this biography. What's your first like, husband's name? It was a really funny, like Orville or like Great, like Southern yeah. funny name. Brawl. Apparently she liked these brothers. I right, think their last the older name... Brother was bird orville yeah it wasn't orville. it was a little weirder, was like than, weirder orville. than orville 
you know what I tell my husband? A lot of our podcast is like, what was that one thing? And then we're just thinking about what the thing is. Yeah. Of, we do I that know. a lot. Yeah. I can't remember very many things. Me neither. So it's hard to. And, you know, we're moms. So yeah. that makes it extra hard. I know. So check out those Okay. And then we'll movies. surprise everybody with our tricks. Because, you know, I was all ready to go to the like the total blockbuster direction and hit You were going to hit Star Wars? You're ready to go to Star but Wars. Let's do, we'll do an indie, indie. and then indie. we'll go back. Another uh, little technical question. And if I was a listener to this podcast, I would be like, just ended already at this point. But, you know, this isn't our day job. It doesn't matter. Do you want to do the Star Wars movies as one episode or each individual? I don't have a feeling about that one way or another. Okay. I think like the reason, each individual. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think the reason I am Develop the- laughing about it is because of the part where he's in the interview and the supercut and the guy is asking him if he's afraid of hurting his hand on the crossbow. That's what I said. Oh. That was... <laughs> I mean, that's my problem with that. Yeah, but Kylo Ren says he doesn't, he's yeah. not worried about it because he's an optimist. Oh, yes, that was great. That was a great moment. Okay, that's where we'll end it. Okay. Okay, tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Liz. Bye.